I'm glad this is uh, an episode that we waited to switch over to uh, a video platform for. Uh, a couple of good-looking dudes joining us today for this discussion. Phoenix, Cam, welcome to the show. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Should be a lot of fun. Really looking forward to it. I'm sure we'll bounce around a few different topics. Um, but before we get started, uh, do you guys want to just kind of share your journey and your background a little bit with our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. I'll... Uh... I'll take the lead on this. Um, and so I guess from a young age, um, sport has always been an integral part of my life. I was very fortunate to, um, you know, have a family that had the funds and the, the patience to, to put me through um, sport and in multi different sports. So I played baseball, volleyball, basketball, volleyball, track and field, um, and they sacrificed a lot of their time. And through those experiences and their sacrifices, um, in 2013, I was um, granted a scholarship to pursue um, both education and um, university sport at Nipissing University, in which I played five years of OUA volleyball there under the, the, the head coach, Eric Young. Um, and from that experience and playing in the OUA and through my education, I currently um, have a, a degree in physical and health education. Um, I was able to experience, um, you know, playing for the, the men's national team, uh, specifically with uh, the summer universe side when um, I was I was able to play in Taipei, Taiwan. Um, and, and from that, I also was able to um, get looked at, I guess you could say, and, and sign with a professional volleyball agency in which I would play in Austria and France. Um, and, and through those, you know, also those experiences, I was also going through, um, a, you know, post, I guess, post, a second degree of education. And, and now I'm completing my master's of science in kinesiology. And my research is focused on um, identity and how identity shapes behavior, specifically looking at exercise behavior in older adult populations. Um, and I guess f from all that knowledge and experience, um, the one thing that I guess I've been really, really passionate about, and it's coming through more with Brandt Sports Performance is, is my, my business name, um, is, is helping the next generation of athletes through their nutrition behaviors and helping them achieve optimal performance through healthy eating. And so right now, I'm just in the initial stages of starting Brandt Sports Performance, and it's, it's required to, to, you know, me to do a lot of networking, a lot of reaching out um, with other, you know, sporting organizations, universities, and professional sports teams in Europe uh, to try to get this thing launched, uh, specifically a nutrition education program. Um, it's a, it's a five-phase extensive curriculum that dives into the health behaviors, um, as well as, you know, what athletes should and shouldn't be doing when it comes to nutrition and hydration and so forth. And so that's a little bit about me. Awesome. What about yourself, Phoenix? Uh, so, hello, my name is Phoenix McCoy. I'm the owner of the Golden Movement. And uh, I'm a men's health coach, and I've recently just kind of like uh, switched. <laughs> it's funny, Instagram, you can change your name so many times, and you can just be like, so like, what niche am I catering to here? You know, I was a holistic health coach before. The business name that I had before was Movement Medicine, but formally known now as a men's health coach for the Golden Movement. And primarily what I focus on is helping specifically men and i don't always it's not always specific to men like i do have a lot of women that reach out to me too and they ask me about nutrition mindset movement etc but the 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 areas that i cover inside of health is fitness so i use functional movement nutrition uh integrating more whole food plant-based nutrition and then i look at the um mindset coaching of it so helping people develop more of a growth mindset helping with mental health awareness because as you know right now uh we're kind of in the pits of it you know i was looking at some stats this morning and that's like they're thinking that there's going to be another wave after this after covid of health problems and especially especially um having to do with like mental health issues and then sort of the risk factors inside of that some of my background Cam and I actually met when I was at, uh, we were both at Nipissing University and I was taking uh, physical health and education. Uh, and then I, I found out during my time there that I had a real passion for uh, strength and conditioning, working with athletes, developing athletes and that sort. So I switched over to the strength and sport conditioning program at Canada College. And then I completed a two-year diploma there while I was competing as an Olympic weightlifter. And I got my NCCP in weightlifting. So I competed for four years as a weightlifter. And uh, during that time, I was exposed to a lot of the uh, 
I guess you can say the dark side of sports, this, the side of sports that isn't really talked about. And it really like, when I found that out, it like, it really threw me for a whirlwind because I was like, you know, my entire life, you know, has been based around sports, strength and conditioning, you know, uh, living well, eating well, all of that. And then when I started to see that, it was like, wow, like, it's not what I thought it was. And I kind of fell into a bit of a depression after that. And then I was like, well, maybe I can just focus on, you know, the areas that I can't control my actions and my reactions. And maybe I can give people the truth to what's actually going on and how you can live a long, fruitful life if you're, if you know, if you don't want to cater to sports. So a lot of, like I said, a lot of what I focus on um, is like those pillars of health, but I really, I really, really enjoy the mental aspect of things, mental health awareness, like I said, the growth mindset and helping people develop that. That's awesome. That's almost a similar journey I took with the music industry when I was playing in bands and touring and I found out how the record industry worked and the dark side of that. Um, I helped found a, an organization that helps build artist sustainable careers where they don't have to go down that road. And that's, that's really, really awesome mm, that, uh, very that there's other people on the same path in different industries. So that's really cool. It seems to always be like a dark side to things, right? That we like, there's always two sides to the coin and we like to look at the shiny part, but there's always that dark side too. That is like, what is on that other side? <laughs> well, and that's what you find the hard way too. That's what's interesting, right, about all of this is everyone assumes that the grass is always greener on the other side and that, yeah, maybe my life sucks right now, but Cam obviously has it so much better, right? And But we don't see what goes on behind closed doors. And when it comes to decision-making, everyone's so scared to make a decision about something, but it's because they assume that whatever is going to happen to them is going to be worst case. And then the alternative that they didn't choose is going to be best case when we really have no idea. Yeah. And it seems like Hayden, your story in the music industry and Phoenix, your story in, um, in, in the fitness industry is similar to my story with the financial industry as well. And it's just, there's always just a lack of education for the general hardworking person in terms of how do we get ahead? If I'm an up and coming musician, how do I get ahead in that industry? If I'm looking to get ahead financially, or if I'm looking to get ahead, um, just, just with my physical health or my mental health, and there's so much misinformation <laughs> out there, and it's, it's such a, such a challenge, and that, and that's part of why I got really excited to have you guys on today because I think one of the things we like to talk about at the LCL Collective quite a bit are the three different pillars of people's financial or of people's lives being one being financial, one being their mental health, one being their physical health, and I'm a big believer that a winner strives to be a winner in every area of their life. And you guys both bring a perspective that I don't want to say is unique to me, but is one that maybe hasn't been as big of a priority to me as it should have been in, in my kind of pre, I don't want to say my previous life, but in, in years past. Mm -hmm. um, and I think questions I've asked off air of, of both of you in the past has been like, how do you pinpoint what's real and what's not? And for someone maybe who isn't as passionate about overall wellness or even maybe nutrition or performance or yeah, just human performance in general. Is it even worth the time? It's the same question I hear in finance. Is it even worth putting in the time to learn about it? Because you could end up down a, a terrible rabbit hole because somebody's just looking to make a dollar off of you kind of thing. So um, it's, it's going to be awesome, I think, to just have the discussion around overall wellness and um, is it worth the time? And I would say emphatically, yes, I, I would presume is probably going to be the answer. Uh, but just going out and and finding the right information and hearing kind of four different perspectives today on um, on just the different pillars of wellness and, and what we think um, we each individually want out of life and what we think people around us want as well. Totally. Yeah, that's cool. I actually have a question um, in terms of like the nutrition part of it. I guess this would be more Cam's uh, bag. But there's a lot of cr like crap out there especially with people who want to get started, right? A lot of our listeners may not be on that track yet. They may want to get on the track of like, hey, let's, let's, uh, you know, part of a healthy brain, you know, requires healthy food, right? And they go and they look up all these kind of crazy diets and whatnot. Like, how do you weed through that? How do you weed through the misinformation, the the crap information out there? Those those guys that you see on those YouTube ads that have the Ferraris behind them, they're like, I got this body by doing this crazy thing. Like, how do you weed through that and find the right information? 
Yeah. And I think, uh, I think this is a question for definitely both Phoenix and I, because we, you know, Phoenix is definitely taking uh, a grasp on behavior change and understanding how to walk people through that exact uh, question. And so the, the lens that I look through this uh, as Hayden is, is looking at, um, you know, teaching the foundations of nutrition. And so absolutely, you're so correct. There's so many diets. There's, you know, the ketogenic diet, there's the, the whole 30, um, the Atkins diet. It's like, there's so much out there. How do you start? It becomes overwhelming. And so what I teach uh, in my practice and with the athletes I work with is just, can you look, can you at the end of the day, you know, tell or ask yourself the question, did you eat more whole foods, as in fruits, vegetables, whole grains, lean meats, than packaged refined foods? And if you can say, yes, I did, then you're on the right track. But I think, I think what has happened in the society that we live in, it's not necessarily us as individuals. It's not necessarily our fault that we've been in, you know, we've been born into a society that, you know, talks a lot about convenience and fast food. And so it's really hard to, to wash away those things when we're constantly influenced by this. You walk into a grocery store and there's way more packaged refined foods than there are whole foods. And so, um, and, and, you know, there, I guess you could say packaged items, they've done a really good job with marketing to make, you know, people want to have those more than maybe fruits and vegetables and they're more palatable. And so I think people, you know, grow up, you know, I think definitely from a young age potentially is that, you know, we want sugar. And so, you know, parents will, you know, reinforce their children through chocolate and things like that and not fruits and vegetables because who wants that? They don't taste well. And so I think it's, it's a whole model looking at if we were going to create this change in the entire world, it really has to start from a primary perspective, like in, almost like a public health pers- or a, in, a, in a primary setting, which is like, <laughs> I guess, public school. And so how could we change that? And then, you know, me and Phoenix have talked about this. Of Where do we start? Do we start when people are 50 or do we start when people are four or five years old? Because with behavior change and it really starts at, you know, the basic understanding um, as an adolescent and as a, as a child. you know maybe have you echo that yeah and it's it's such a multifaceted question one thing to really understand is that the new like the health and wellness um it's a business it's a multi i think it's i I don't know if it hit a trillion dollars yet but it's a multi-billion dollar industry there's so like just with that being said you you have to you got to assume that there's going to be people in there that are going to be trying to sell methods that are going to be reoccurring for them so they can keep selling their methods so they can keep people inside of a continuous loop so yeah there's like there's behavior changes when do we start to integrate these delicious foods because the thing is is that if we don't have a positive association to the foods that we're eating then we're automatically going to want to go back to the foods that taste good, the comfort foods. You know, like when I, I, I had a woman inside of uh, my Facebook page who was asking, like, how do I break these habits that I have? I was like, well, like, first thing you have to look at is, like, how heavily ingrained are the, are the habits? Because we ha- we're also, like, we have, like, a, a neurological system. And the more that we, we, like, take things that feel good, that taste good, we're going to build um, stronger connections to what it is we're putting inside of our body. So most most of us today, I'd say there's a larger majority of people um, that are eating poorly than there are people who are eating well. A lot of that contributes to the misinformation that's going on out there. So like the ketogenic diet, there's the carnivorous diet, there's a Western diet, there's a Mediterranean diet. And I think uh, a lot of these diets that we have, whole food, plant-based diet is another great one. Great example. That's uh, I actually wrote a guide on whole food, plant based uh, eating. Pretty extensive guide. But the thing is, is that like you have to look at what's sustainable, what's easy to integrate, what makes me feel good, what makes me have a lot of energy, you know. And like, there's so many ways to go about it. But um, I think a lot of it has to do with you have to do a lot of research. You have to look at what's bit what's credible, and the people who are spewing out this information what are their motives even too because there's a lot of like yeah like there's uh, v shred you know like you see at the end of like all of his promoting that he's promoting a testosterone boosting fat burning mm-hmm. supplement it has nothing to do with the foods yeah. that he's recommending he's like yeah. this food will increase your testosterone and burn fat it's like wrong you're Not saying that <laughs> but... that's who i was referencing before but... <laughs> <laughs> 
I just want to chime in here really quick about supplementation. And so I think a lot of, you know, I think a lot of teenagers will reach that, you know, 15, 16, 17 year old. And they're like, I need protein. I need creatine. I need glutamine. I need nitric oxide. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a pyramid to follow when it comes to healthy eating and for, you know, performance for health. And so if, if you look at the pyramid like this, okay, at the foundation, we have foundational eating. That's 80% of what's going to contribute to performance long-term. That's your day-to-day meals. That's are you eating the appropriate nutrients? And then you look at the next level, so the foundation. The next level is timing of those foods. So say it's you know pre-exercise nutrition, during exercise nutrition, and then post. If you don't have that foundational nutrition, that day-to-day, you know, that consistent eating schedule, consistent foods of you know more of those whole foods that Phoenix was talking about, then we can't go up the level into that that nutrient timing, that eight, that you know the the timing of the meals. And then supplementations at the very peak. And from, you know, from a performance standpoint, you only really see 1% to 2% increases in performance when you supplement. But you see 80% just from having a strong foundation. And I think we, Phoenix and I both really work on with our, with our clients and our businesses is how do we help people just with the foundational nutrition? Once we can you know, have them better understand foods, what are healthy foods, what are bad foods, and how we can incorporate moderation, balance, and variety. And so I think it's really important that we have a healthy relationship with food and that we can have chocolate, we can have chips and pop. There is no one bad food because when you start to say, that's bad, I shouldn't be eating that, then there's a negative relationship and that causes psychological changes. And then it's like, I shouldn't be eating those foods. And then you feel bad and it's like psychological, you know. um, And so it's really teaching, you know, how we can just incorporate whole foods have some, you know, moderation in terms of, you know, here's some bad foods. Absolutely. Have birthday cake on your birthday. Celebrate with your friends. Get together. Um, it's very holistic. Um, and, and, yeah, I would love to talk about that more. It's definitely, uh, you know, there, there's a whole, like, five, ten podcasts that we still <laughs> yeah. on just the foundations of nutrition and, and oh, you know, scheming through. <laughs> yeah, we're getting yeah. there. We're getting there. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's one of the things that's interesting, because that's – I could imagine that there's probably very podcasts that are very specific that you could go down an entire rabbit hole listening to the ins and outs of, of nutrition. The piece that's kind of music to my ears is listening to you talk about building a relationship with yourself and, and food and, and Phoenix yourself as well, talking about habits because the analogy that I've always loved and I heard it in, in the reference of self-talk, but I also think it applies to business and, um, and fitness and, and nutrition as well, um, is that idea of kind of the, the house analogy is it, it doesn't matter how much good furniture you bring into your house, you don't get the old furniture out, there's no room for the new couch. Totally, totally. Do you guys maybe want to touch on, on that a little bit in terms of what are the biggest habits that you notice maybe that people have um, just and, and more of the mental side of whether that be what your guys focus on on the strength and, and conditioning side, or maybe the focus on the nutrition side, yeah. um, is most of your work on the mindset side to to break habits, or is it more on setting the foundation with with the newer positive habits? So, like, what I see most often uh, is people have unfavorable habits that they want to change. Whether so, like I said, I focus. I really enjoy working on the mindset of it because I feel like. Once we're able to change the way that we look at something, we can change the approach. It's like, it's, it's that classic example of like, you have, you have a roadmap and you're following this roadmap. It doesn't necessarily mean that that roadmap is covering the terrain. It's just the roadmap that you're following, right? So what I, the way that I like to look at what I do is I give people a map, a different roadmap of what the terrain actually is. So a lot of us, when we have these bad habits that we want to change, like what happens is we'll fall back into this habit or this, this reoccurring habit that happens. And then we feel bad about what we're doing. For sure. For sure. We're going to feel bad about it because we want to change it. And it's, and it doesn't make us feel good. Right. Um, if someone's smoking cigarettes, they know that they want to change it, but they're, they're addicted to it. And every time they, they light up that cigarette, they're like, man, I did it again. You know, constantly beating themselves up a lot of it has to do with changing the self-talk that's happening so that would be so feeling bad about the habits that we're having that's like 
I feel like that's like what I see most often. So it's changing the way that we're approaching that. Um, so we have to start to dig into like, what are some of the barriers? Like, how are you looking at this habit? Do you, can you, do you believe in yourself? Do you believe that you can actually conquer this? So we start to look at these self-imposed barriers. Every barrier that we put up is self-imposed. You know, we like to, th we like to think that it's out there, but every single barrier that is around us that's inhibiting us from where we're going has to do with what's coming on from inside of us. So it's building a growth mindset. It's reestablishing confidence. You know, um, it's, that's a difficult thing too, especially when someone doesn't believe in, in their capabilities and what they're actually able to do. And if they have uh, negative habits around nutrition, you know, they're eating poorly. Eating poorly, if you're eating uh, infl inflammatory foods, it's going to automatically cause uh, brain fog as well, right? So that would be some of the old furniture. It's like, okay, so we need to start putting in, you know, this nice new leather couch of broccoli. <laughs> we got to put that in there. We, like, so you need to start integrating more um, consistent habits. So uh, eating better, hydrating, consistent rest, sleep hygiene. Um, also you're, you're a product of the people that you're around, you know? So if you have people inside of your circle that are telling you that, oh, like, I don't think you're going to be able to change this, or you're, or if you're a smoker and you're around a group of smokers and you're trying to smoke, good luck, you know, you got to get out of that. So that would be the ashtray on that, on that table that needs, <laughs> that needs to get out of there. So a lot of it has to do with, uh, just building new habits. That's the furniture, the new, the new furniture that has to go in, but uh, like a big problem that comes in with that, that you see with most of these coaches, especially when they're like, you know, like the V shred guy who's got like a six pack and he's telling you everything that you're doing wrong. It's like, that's like, for most people, they're looking up a mountain when they see that. Like, well, how the heck am I going to get a six pack? I got to cut out this. I got to start doing this. I got to start exercising six times a week. It's like, let's just take this one step at a time. Let's start walking every day. Let's get outside. Let's start breathing. You know, Let's 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 incorporate a, a daily medit uh, meditation practice. Let's make sure that we're actually eating nutrients that are going to promote some vitality inside of our body, and that's going to allow us to feel energized throughout the day. Um, so yeah, reestablishing confidence I think is like very important because a lot of people feel bad about what they're doing. What do you guys think is the bigger problem in your industry? Do you think it is the people who? have no motivation around health and well-being at all and having to educate them on why it's important or the people who have motivation to get better but it's temporary that's a good question um i i, I will just start this i i think if i look back when i'm uh when i'm growing up it's it's like i was eating what my parents were eating and when the food cart came around with chicken nuggets and cheese and chocolate milk I was like, from a young age, we were just so influenced. But it wasn't until I took this degree that I realized that that eating well, eating for performance, it's going to make me a better athlete, and it's going to prolong my life. And so it was like a tangible moment that I had when I was experiencing chronic fatigue. I was stressed out. I was gaining weight. I was getting injured. Um, in my in my second year of university volleyball, and then I started to look to the literature. I'm like, how can I be a better athlete? And then after reading all these studies and just figuring out what I actually need, uh, why didn't I learn that? And why didn't I have healthy behavior starting younger? And so I, you know, getting back to your question, I think it's really it's really important at the at the at the young, like starting very young, understanding the importance of healthful eating that it's going to contribute to, you know, attention in class. It's going to contribute to better sleep. It's going to allow you, uh, you know, so many things. And, and it's just because when we look at the medical model, and I, I might be getting down on a tangent here, exercise, there isn't an immediate response. One workout is not going to give you biceps. Eating one healthful food is not going to get you to lose 20 pounds. And people, we, we are so um computed to be instant gratification you put something on instagram like 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 you hand in an assignment you get marks these things take time to evolve and so that's why people i think have a difficult time integrating them because they don't see the immediate benefit yeah. whereas maybe you take a pill it makes you feel good 
like, you know, whatever, whatever that may be. Um, you smoke a joint. It makes you feel good. And I'm not saying that these are bad things. I'm just saying that nutrition is a long-term behavior. And the way that I go about my practice is I don't, I don't necessarily like going into a sports team and saying, I'll deliver one education session. Because one education session is nothing. It takes time. So I'm willing to work for, with a sports team from start to finish over a season because I know that more than 60 to 90 days, you're going to change one's behavior, mm-hmm. right? And so it really has to start by working with the athlete, working with the client from where are you at today? Where are you at? And we work baby steps, baby, baby, baby. If you're drinking no water, let's start with half a glass of water at some time during the day, not from zero to a hundred. So it's really just putting yourself in the shoes of the other person, understanding their, their environment at home, at the workplace, you know, their upbringing, where they come from, and just really trying to be, you know, practice those interpersonal skills to really put yourself where that person's at. Yeah, um, that's my story. It's the same. In the, it's the same in the marketing world too. So, you know, a lot of times I'll get companies or clients come up to me and be like, "Hey, I need to, I need to change my bottom line like tomorrow. I need to see ROI on this immediately." When they, when we're talking about like a marketing plan, and they, they'll, they want this instant gratification of you know turning one dollar into two. When the real winners, the real big players in the game, they're they're playing the long game. They, they're the ones that are setting up going all the stuff that we're doing now is going to pay off in two years. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're willing to make that investment because mm-hmm. they know that they're not going to turn $1 into two immediately, but that if they play the long game, they're going to turn $1 into 10. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, it's mm-hmm. kind of the same, the same thing. Absolutely. And, uh, I feel like that's effect. kind of, I guess that goes back to your guys point too, just about that, that loop that they want to keep people in, in, in your industry and, and seemingly a lot of industries, but around, if you go from $1 to two, well, how quickly are you going to spend that, that dollar? And you're going to be right back to where you started. Same thing with, with your health. If you get that quick win and all of a sudden, yeah, maybe you, you did some fad diet or whatever for a little bit and it worked and you lost a few pounds, but you haven't changed your lifestyle. How much, how, how quickly are you going to put that weight back on mm-hmm. or forget, forget weight, forget the number how quickly are, are you going to get back into being fatigued? Mm-hmm. So. See, oftentimes when we talk about this, like the lifestyle, it's unfortunate that like when we look at a large pot, you know, a large um, percentage of the population, it's a, like, it's not just nutrition, it's sleep, it's self-love, it's exercise. It's not just one. And so it, you, you start to target one thing and then it leads to another like, Oh, you know, we start on nutrition, but actually I want to be more active. I want, like it's a cascading effect. And they're like, oh, you know what? I feel really good. I'm going to start maybe sleeping better. And then that's when you start to like, you know, that long term, right? We start them off on let's, you know, I love when people come to you or come to me and they're like, I want to work on, I want to, I want to get more exercise. And then through a couple of sessions, they'll be like, you know, what should you be eating after exercise? And then you start saying, okay, you might want to have some protein. And then they get interested. They're like, you know what? I didn't, you know, I'm not having the best energy. How do you have any questions? I love helping people along their journey. And I, and I think what, you know, Phoenix is really, you know, where his, he, he has a really amazing holistic perspective is that he targets all of it, like spirituality, emotional, social connection, um, you know, physical connection, nutrition connection. And that's why I love listening to Phoenix um, talk about how he goes about treating, you know, not treating, I guess, helping um, his, his population grow. Yeah. And it's like, but the, is that so right, Cam? Because one thing always leads to another. You flip over one stone and then you're like, oh, mm-hmm. there's like, there's something else there. Or it's like you're, you're digging and it's like, oh, there's a golden ore and you end up finding a gold mine. It's like these things always lead to another, but the, and like it's consistency. What I preach is longevity. Like primarily everything that I'm talking about, everything that I'm talking about uh, is about the long-term game. Mm-hmm. It's like, what is going to allow you to live with uh, strength, vitality, energy, foc- like laser focus, uh, mm-hmm. able to uh, like grow your mind, to grow your social um, <clears throat> relationships around you and just become a better person um, mm-hmm. well into your later years as well. Um and, and a lot of that has to do with making sure that the the oil that we're putting into or the gasoline that we're putting into our vessels is 
the premium stuff. You know, we don't want the cheap, slow or uh, fast burning uh, gasoline, <laughs> petrol, or whatever we're going to be putting in. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a great analogy. Just because we're we're going to burn through it a lot faster, and then what's going to happen when we burn through these things a lot faster? We're going to require more and more and more and more and more, and then that even just goes down to what we were just talking about: how we are inside of a consumer age, and we want instant gratification with everything that we're doing. It's very difficult to teach people that long term uh, that long term perspective, but if you're able to integrate it into small steps, it's like the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. That is a quote I, I use very often because it's very relevant. This is a journey and it's all holistic. It's not just about the foods that we're putting into our body and how we're exercising. What are you thinking about on a regular basis? You know, how are you communicating? How are you talking to yourself and others? You know, do you actually look yourself in the mirror and are you like, I actually love this person? You know, if, if we can't be grateful for what we already have, how, how, how are we going to be able to manifest more? of what we want, you know, we want what we, it's interesting. It's like what we don't want. If we want what we don't want more than what we want, it's kind of like a weird, <laughs> a t- twist. <laughs> if you're like, I really don't want this to happen, but I really like, I want to be successful. The thing that you really don't want to happen is going, you're going to manifest that a lot faster because that is what like more of your energy is going towards that. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, so that's why changing behavior, changing the way that we eat, the way that we move, the way that we think, it's, it starts with like small steps and just our habits, you know, what's, what's happening within our mind. It's like very, very, very important. I just want to echo that really quick. I, I think I told Coop on the phone the other day, it's, it's you know, we, um, if we are, you know, we're putting so much thought into our business right to make long-term gains uh and i and i'm not saying for me for certain because i'm definitely my motivation is not money definitely not you know motivating me um it's it's the fact that we're putting so much time into our business that we're paying for our health right because down the road all of our investments when we're 50 years old are going to go into chronic disease management whether it's diabetes obesity heart disease right and so if we don't have this long-term game in mind of, you know, let's start to focus on our nutrition now. Let's start to focus on our exercise, you know, you know how we can start a daily gratitude practice so that our stress levels calm down and we can enjoy older adulthood with all the wealth that we've acquired from business and through our, nutri- you know, our holistic health. And so I think that that really resonates with a lot of people that, you know, and I hope that, you know, maybe because Coopy had said, you know, right now I'm not really paying attention to those things. Right. And that's something that's a great quote for you to have in mind is that you're, you are putting so much effort into your business. It's like, I want you to, you know, have that success down the road when you are, you know, when you're wealthy and you're helping lots of people with their financials. Right. And so that's a, that's a way to think about that, I, I believe. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was actually kind of one of the things I was going to touch on because I've, I've mm-hmm. mentioned to both of you. Mm-hmm. For me, I didn't really take my health as seriously in the past under the impression that like, yeah, whatever happens, happens. And now for me, now that I'm actively out living a life on purpose and, and with purpose and inspired to want to go out and help as many people as I can, it, it makes you start thinking about the future and, and your legacy and about when the time comes, whether it's 15, 20, 40 years down the line, what state do I want to be in then? And, and that's always the question that I had to face myself. And the question I like to pose to people as it relates to both their wealth and their health is that people's biggest excuse as to why they don't do either of those two things in my experience has been time. And it's like, well, let me ask you a question. If you put in 100 hours, which really is only two and a half weeks of work, if it took you a hundred hours to learn everything you needed to go, know about your health and to develop the habits to get into the right mindset to implement it, and if it took you a hundred hours to learn what you needed to know about financials and how to make sure that you're set up and okay for yourself, and each of those two things, that that hundred hours in your finances bought you five years financially down the line where you could live the life that you want to live and you're able to either retire five years earlier or not be worried about when you're going to die and run out of money and the same thing on your health is if the time that you spent learning about your health bought you a few extra years or maybe not even bought you a few extra years but bought you 
in those same years a happier and more fulfilled lifestyle, would you then invest that time? Because then if you want to start talking about return on investment, well, your 100 hours of time just bought you five years of time. Mm-hmm. And, it's a, and it's a totally different different ballgame at that point. And everyone talks about, oh, yeah, people are living longer these days. I disagree. I don't think people are living longer. I think people are staying alive longer, but I don't think they're living longer. I think they're wow. just, they, they die at the same age, but they're just, they're so medicated at the end of their lives. That I love that. So true. Yeah. I, so I, I love that the fact that it's so powerful and it's so true. It's that, you know, you know, the medic, the amazing advancements in the medical field have allowed us to live 80 to 90. But the fact is, and what the literature shows is that we live in health until we're 50 years old. And then there's a 40 year decline of health. Why would you want to spend 40 years like like this? Why don't you live 90 years? and full health and spend maybe three to four years with a decline. And so that's kind of where my research is getting at is that how can physical activity prolong years of living in disability until four years? Like, you know what I mean? Minimizing those years of life loss to like three to three to two to, to one year. Right. Um, I just want to touch on, you know, I think when you talk about finances, Coop, when I look back to my childhood education, and a lot, of, a lot of behavior needs to start when you're really young, right? Imagine, you know, imagine being a social creature and brought up in a perfect or a, more or less a perfect world. You were taught nutrition. You were taught finance. You were taught business. You were taught to exercise. Then we wouldn't have, be having this conversation. Everyone would be perfect. And so I want to answer your question in saying that, you know, when we look at behavior change and, and, you know, different theories, especially with exercise, um, it comes down to the question, what is that individual, does that individual know the importance of that financial hundred hours of finance? So for me, when I, when, when, you know, someone approached me, do you want help with your finance? I have never learned what is to have good finance or bad finance, how to be a good business person to be a not, because I've never been taught. I've never been taught to appreciate it. And so, um, so it's the same with nutrition, right? I know that finance is going to really help me out. You know that nutrition is really going to help you out, but it's really understanding the root importance of that, right? So there's barriers to why someone might not want that hundred hours of education. Like you said, is it time? Is it knowledge? Is it understanding, um, where they're at in their current state of life? Is it, what's the intention? And so there are certain, you know, theories out there and scales that can predict these types of behaviors and why someone might want that 100 hours of education. But there's so many things that I think come from that individual at that moment in time that play a role. In, and are they actually going to seek that education out? One of them being, do they think it's important or not? Mm-hmm. That's a great point. I, I think that opens up, actually, the, the question you posed me a couple of days ago, Phoenix, that really got me thinking, because yeah. if what you... If you need to think of things in the context of what will this do for you? So financially, what will learning about it do for me? Nutrition, what will making that a priority do for me? You then have to connect it to the question you posed to me, Phoenix, which is, what do we think people truly want out of life? Yeah, and that's such an important question. It's like, what are like, what are we all working towards? You know, like once we get past our 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 mental barriers, once we get past. Um, you know, are like identifying who it is that we are. Um, I think we all want to be heard. We want to be seen. We want to be loved. We want to contribute something. And we want to help others. I think like at the root of it, that's what we're all sort of working towards. Whether it's through a business idea, whether it's through, uh, you know, we're volunteering or we're sharing education or we're, we're creating content. I think we're really trying to be seen, we're trying to be heard, we're trying to be loved, we're trying to contribute something that's going to be valuable to others. You know, we want to help each other. And, and I think we're those are very noble things to work towards. Um, because if we're looking at it in terms of like, like we were talking on Friday, you know, it's like every single time I ever acquired a large sum of money from something that I've done, a job, anything. It was like, and I was really stoked about that sum of money that I got. It never actually fulfilled me quite as I thought it was going to. You know, it was like, oh, like, 
oh, everything that I'm still working on within me is still there, you know, like this money didn't get rid of it. So I think when we're able to shift from, you know, like always chasing that carrot in front of us to, you know, like working with a network of individuals that are all helping, we're all moving forward together, you know, I think that's where like wealth truly lies when we're able to help one another because we're able to be seen inside of that too. We're, you know, we're loved, we're heard, we're contributing something, we're helping one another. And um, and we got to take care of our health too, of course. Health is wealth to me. Um, But yeah, I think that's, I think that's what we're all working towards, uh, in my opinion. Before the call, I just want to clarify this. Me and Phoenix were doing some side notes and, and I asked Phoenix, and I would like to ask both Hayden and Cooper, what is your definition of success? What does that look like for you? It's it's funny. The definition of success changes for me almost every day. And I predicate every decision I make on happiness. Everything I do is in that pursuit of happiness. I'm not in pursuit of money. I want to help people. That's my main goal in life. But at the end of the day, I'm successful if I'm happy. If I go to bed sad, if I go to bed mad, I didn't, I wasn't having a, I didn't have a successful day. Right. And I won't be successful until I deal with the problem that is bothering me. And then I can be happy. And once, if I'm happy, that is it. So I've done things incrementally throughout my days that have led to further happiness. And every decision I make, I, I go, I look at it through the lens of, is this going to make me happy? Not is this going to make me rich or is this going to make me, you know, quote unquote, successful in society's eyes It's just will it make me happy. And that's my my definition of success is. Am I happy? Thank you, Hayden. Cooper, what's your what's your definition of success? That's all. It's awesome to hear that that answer for sure. Um, for me, it's uh, ultimately, I'd say like that, that kind of cliche question about like, what's one word you would use to describe yourself? If you would have asked me a year and a half ago, I would have been so deer in the headlights. Um, but obviously, like a ton of re- reflection leads. You guys talk about Im- implementing those small things in, in all your days incrementally. And you don't really see the work. You're re- Even if like you read one book and maybe you're not going to get something as much out of it as you should have. But all of a sudden you read one a month for a year. And next thing you know, the way you take in information and the way you grow um really allows you to get better and you don't see it until um until the end but so for me and all that reflection lately i've been thinking a lot about legacy and and a lot about impact um and the the way in which i'm going to make that impact long term um i I don't want to say i i don't necessarily have a detailed map in terms of here are all the people I'm going to impact. That's the nice thing about a podcast like this for me is like I, we started off. It's like if it helps one person, that's awesome. Um, but who who knows who that one person is going to be? Maybe that's already happened. Maybe there's going to be way more than one person. That's awesome. So, um, but but for me, it's just feeling like I'm making a difference for other people. That's the cause that that I get behind. No matter what vehicle I use, whether it's financial education, whether it's this podcast. Um, whether it's just creating a, a good community of, of people and in, in a network that I can maybe connect to this person with, with that person. Or for me, ultimately, it's just, it's about doing what I can to, to make an impact for people so that I remember pretty vividly, actually, when I was living down in Nashville for a little bit, um, sitting in Kid Rock's bar and, and looking down at the dance floor. And I remember the artist on stage at the time, he says out to the crowd, like, Hey, yeah, start yelling out like where you're from and, and starts doing all this interacting with the crowd. And I realized I looked down in that moment, I realized this is a once in a lifetime trip for 90% of the people in this bar. And I'm lucky enough to live here right now. And I'm lucky enough to have a job and business that is flexible enough that I can come down here. What if I can provide this once in a lifetime moment to tons of people who deserve it? And what if I could be a part of something and that just got the wheels turning for me it's like if i could either and then i'm like you know what maybe i don't need to be involved in everybody's once in a lifetime moment but what if i said something positive to them that encouraged them maybe to go pursue something that led them to that or what if i was able to connect them with a person 
or maybe a conversation with me, help them in, instill the confidence in them to, to do the thing that they really wanted to do or whatever. It's just ultimately just finding different ways where I can better myself as a person um, to continue to bring as much value to people as, as I can. For me, I'm, I'm content living in a double wide trailer in small town, Nova Scotia. I don't, I don't need much. I don't need a car payment. I'm not a car guy. Um, don't need to eat fancy food. Can live off a of craft dinner and hot dogs if I really needed to, when it comes down to it. Um, all of my, all this focus on wanting to get better health wise, wanting to personally develop is really just so that I can serve as a mirror for other people to get whatever it is they want. That's a, that's amazing, man. And, uh, and, um, you know, echoing what Phoenix was talking about success and, and Hayden and Cooper and, you know, these are all great things. And, and I'm just going to chime in here because I think when we have these definitions of success, it's really important. How, how do we define them? Right. Hayden, if we leave our day up to, I just want to make sure that I'm happy. Well, that is so like subjective of the day. There's so many things. So how can you actually write down a list of things that you can do that are going to contribute to that? Right. And so I'm going to, I'm going to relate to you in this, uh, Hayden. I, my happiness when I was playing professional volleyball was just if I had a good game or not. So all my life was dictated on, was a bad, uh, on a good or bad game. And so if I had a bad game, I was, I was so upset. It literally made me a bad teammate. It made me a bad person. I wouldn't want to call home. I wouldn't want to talk to my girlfriend. And so I had to look within. And so I defined success and happiness through a list of things. And so, my list of things really quick. I made a list, Hayden. And so, um, and, and this is something that I live by. Like it was literally, I live by it because I was defining success by happiness as well. And I was, and I often found myself going to bed and I was like, I wasn't happy because I didn't know how to define that. And so I wrote down a list. And so this is my list. Okay. So Monday to Friday, what does happiness mean to Cameron? And this is definitely something, maybe you do this, Hayden. But um, it's like, you know, what are some things in your day to day that you must do that are going to make it helping people? Is it doing a podcast? Is it, you know, what does that look like? And so for me in my sport, when I was in my sport mindset, it would be, um, you know, expressing gratitude. And so if I express gratitude, I would highlight that off because what ends up happening even though it may be a sunny day outside, it might be a rainy day outside. If I stick to this list that I know is going to make me happy, because these are the these are the key things that are going to make me, you know, if it's you know a power shake, if it's water, if it's getting to bed on time, if it's brushing my teeth, I knew that if I did those things, I could be proud of myself and happy that these are going to contribute to long term gains in health and wellness and happiness. And so, you know, and I'm not trying to be a counselor by any means, but it's like sharing that knowledge with you Hayden, because it could be, you know, having that just, you know, looking back at the day and being happy, it's uh, giving that more of a definition and some, and some meat to that. Absolutely. Yeah. So just to clarify, yeah. um, yeah. I, there, there are specific parameters into, you know, what equals happiness for me. And, mm -hmm. you know, there are steps that I do throughout the day mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. that equal that happiness. Um, I was, you know, painting with broad strokes. That is what success mm -hmm to me is, is but mm -hmm. every decision i make right mm -hmm. it's not like you used the example of if a game went well or bad it would dictate yeah. how you felt what i mean by mm -hmm. it is every decision i make going forward so like if i'm if i'm handed the decision of eating this sandwich versus this sandwich mm -hmm. right which sandwich is going to make me happy mm -hmm. and i go with that and mm -hmm. it's all the same things if if i if i had the opportunity to compliment somebody versus mm -hmm. insulting somebody. Mm -hmm. What's going to make me happy? It, the mm -hmm. question is always complimenting people. Like, yeah, I, absolutely. I feel good about insulting people, and it's it's making decisions in such a ma micro way is mm -hmm. affecting my overall macro lookout like outlook on life. Right? Mm -hmm. I've stopped saying negative things about people, not because yeah. I made a choice to do that, but because I've started it's felt so good complimenting people that that's all I do. Mm -hmm. I, I don't like to talk bad about people. I've stopped gossiping. I've stopped doing all mm -hmm. that stuff. And mm -hmm. before I knew it, I look back four months ago and I look about how successful I am now versus then. And just the end result is that I'm just overall happier. Mm -hmm. right? That's amazing. Yeah. Built mountain of happiness. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, and that's so amazing, man. Like I'll relate to you. Like even I had like like one of my words that I wrote down on my list is compassion. And so change like oftentimes like you, how you said that you're you're just being nice and, and spreading joy and love. And I think that is so so important. Um, but I was I guess um, I was just you know more stating like how um, I use the list to to make sure that you know if if I did that in that day because compassion and sharing love is important. I would just highlight that off and then I can know that I could be for certain that I, I could be happy or, or be, you know, be contributing to success long term. That's amazing. Yeah. Do you, do you guys believe that there are any reasons, excuses, call them what you will, circumstances? Do you think there's anything that precludes an individual from success? Um, it's interesting. It's because like, that's a very interesting question, Cooper. Um, if we view ourselves as someone who is inadequate based off of a, a life uh, event that has occurred, based off of a failure that maybe we've had, um, based off of the expectations of others or the expectation based off of maybe our competitors or what we think other people uh, expect from us, uh, that could definitely inhibit um, our ability to be successful. But the key, the key ingredient in all of that and what weaved itself through what I just said was it's our perception, you know, our perception. our perception of what we think we are capable of. We have to remember that all, everyone, everyone, all, all four of us inside of this chat right now are infinite potential beings. We can do anything we set our minds to, but we have to determine definitely what it is we want out from life. And then we have to look at, okay, so if I'm working towards this and I hit a roadblock, why did I hit that roadblock? How am I perceiving that? How do I feel about that? You know? Yeah. Um, so like early on inside of my, inside of my childhood, I actually just wrote uh, an article about this and it had to do with what I learned or like early in life from the Ronald McDonald house, you know? So my youngest brother, I'll just sum this up really quickly. My youngest brother, uh, when he was two years old, he was diagnosed with leukemia. Long story short, we were basically uh, living in Toronto at the Ronald McDonald House. This was a seven-hour drive from my hometown. During our time there, um, we got to meet a lot of lovely families, a lot of lovely individuals. But the thing that happened most often is that, like, I was a young kid. I was four years old when all this was happening. And uh, I, would, I would meet children and, uh, you know, form a really beautiful relationship. Because these kids who are sick, like, they're very present, you know. They know what they want. They want to live life to the fullest in this moment because they don't know if tomorrow if they're going to survive or not. You know, like early on, these kids are thinking that way. You know how much of a growth mindset that is? You know, like these these kids who's, who survive these kinds of circumstances, like the, the outlook that they have on life is absolutely tremendous and we can all learn something from that. But what would happen very often is that I would form these relationships with kids and then this would like, you know, like... Uh, the next day, we'd be playing the night before, the next day, uh, wake up and find out that they had passed, you know, in the night. They got rushed to the hospital, something had happened, and they were no longer there. And you see the devastation that happens with the families, you know, and everyone that's inside of that circumstance. Um, and some people never really recover from that. But what that taught me about life is that, like, all we really have is, like, right now. All we really have is right now. We don't like tomorrow is never really guaranteed. So it's like, what do you want to do right now? How do you want to feel right now? Because you have control over that, but it's your perspective on how you, on how you view yourself. You know, we have to view ourselves with compassion and with love and empathy. And we have to accept ourselves for as we are and forgive. So my, what I took from that was that we only have today <laughs> and we can and if we definitely decide on what it is we want we can definitely do it and and i've proven that to myself time and time again clients have proven that to themselves time and time again it's all perspective and then habits absolutely i was saying this in an earlier episode that uh you have to allow yourself to love to feel to to really just allow yourself to be a person to be compassionate and you got to tell yourself that because if you don't then 
you're you're going to run into these roadblocks over and over again. So, you know, that's 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 really cool that someone else is is saying something similar because I've been I've been shouting this at the wall for years. <laughs> <laughs> is this the truth? Come on. Am I the only one here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. It's cool. I really love that concept too of just like the two things you guys have mentioned is giving yourself first of all defining your own win not not society's win not cam's win for me not phoenix's win for for hayden but taking some time to really define and and in a lot of cases redefine your win but then also to that second point is give yourself the permission to do so mm-hmm. so you're going to have to give yourself permission to even get to a point where you can have that conversation and kind of look in the mirror and be honest with yourself and say what do i want that's you got to give yourself permission there but then once you've been honest with yourself you got to give yourself permission again to say that's doable because that's the most heartbreaking thing in the world for me is not just people that don't know what they want but when people figure it out and go but my parents have told me i'm crazy for thinking that way mm-hmm. or but this person told me it's not possible or you're super passionate about something and it doesn't matter whether I care about it or not. If one of you guys are passionate about something, I'm going to listen. And it's just, I think that's the worst thing you could do to someone is once they've figured out what it is that they want, mm-hmm. that we're going to say, who are we to tell them whether or not they can get it? Yeah. So I think that goes, goes down to a, maybe don't seek, try to look and, and seek permission from other people. Cause chances are, they're probably not going to understand you anyway. Um, but also give, give yourself permission and, and that idea of when you're going to the table of life, no one's telling you how much you're allowed to take. Yeah. And, and like a really, <clears throat> I heard this quote uh, a, few, a few months ago, and I had heard it before then, but like it really resonated with me a few months ago. And it's like, if you, um, if you, don't, if you want to escape the, um, the opinions of others, say and do nothing we're never going to be able to escape the opinions of others and what other people expect of us. If you're doing something great, there's still going to be a group of people who are going to be like, Oh, but he's doing it that way. Or do you know anything that do you know about this person? This person did this. It's like, so we really have to like, we have to move forward with abandonment. It's like, but not in the sense that we're like, we're, we're abandoned. But we have to move forward that like it doesn't matter what anyone thinks about me because I'm going to work towards what I need to do. This is my purpose. This is my mission, you know, and that's where a lot of people can get stuck, too. But it's like it's a very profound um, uh, quote, but it's very true. If you want to escape the opinions of others, say and do nothing. Absolutely. So we're about out of time here. Uh, I could talk about this stuff forever, honestly. Um, so if people want to hear more about this stuff, because I know they do, and I know I do, where can we find you? Go ahead, Cam. Yeah, I currently just have um, you know Facebook and Instagram are my two platforms. So Branch Sports Performance is my Instagram, and Cam Branch uh, is my Facebook handle. Um, looking to get a website started here in the near future. Um, and, and absolutely, they can reach me by email as well at campbranch11 at gmail.com. Cool. Awesome. What about you, Phoenix? Yeah, so my uh, business email is thegoldenmovement.13 at gmail.com. My Instagram handle is thegoldenmovement. I think it's actually goldenmovement. Uh, you'll find it. It's like a golden uh, orb uh, with like a, a black background. Uh, so yeah, the golden movement. And then my website is thegoldenmovement.ca. And my Facebook page, <laughs> there's all these, all these plugs, the Golden Movement Fitness page. You can find me on Facebook. And right now, I don't know when um, this episode is going to uh, be released, but for the rest of the month of January, I'm really trying to contribute to the, uh, the mental health sort of, uh, there's two pandemics going on right now. We have COVID-19 and we have um, depression. These are, these are two things that are on the up and up right now. Um, so right now on my website, I have something called mental health awareness. If you click on there, if you know someone who's going through a hard time right now, or they're struggling with mental illness, uh, depression, battling through that, 
Um, you can click that link there and full access to all of my services for the rest of uh, January, uh, free of charge. I'm, uh, I'm trying to contribute as much as I can to people who are struggling right now. So if you are struggling, please go to my website, thegoldenmovement.ca, click on mental health awareness and book a session with me. I'd be more than happy to work with you. Wow. That's good. All right. Well, thank you for coming on guys. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Hayden. Cooper. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's been awesome guys. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. Yeah.